0: So I go to bed that night and I wake up a couple hours later, like wide awake, thinking, oh, sweetheart, you did it all wrong. You are going to need to do that whole thing again. And it wasn't just, Christy, unfortunately, it wasn't one of those moments where in the middle of the night and you convince yourself something, but you're convoluted and actually it's all fine. Actually, no, no, I, I like really knew that I had done it all wrong.
1: This trust in the form and the trust in your, your process sort of transcends the particular task. That's gorgeous. It's sort of a trust in your own ability and a trust in your own creativity and your trust that, that you know, things will work out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's so beautiful. The trust in the process transcends the task. <laughs>
1: Hello and
0: welcome to Emerging Form. I'm Christy Ashwanden, and I'm Rosemary Watola Tromer, and this is a podcast on creative process. And today, we're going to talk about trust. Trust. It's a. Uh, wasn't that your
1: word of the year recently? Is that this year? Was that? How come I can't remember my word of the year now? <laughs> I can see how seriously you're taking this. I remember my mantra for this year, which is openness,
0: right? Yeah. I think it was trust. I think you're right, sweet friend. <laughs> Good thing, too, oh man. Oh, my gosh. Or was it senility? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. That was mean. <laughs> so I deserved it. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous. Yeah. Oh, Thank you for reminding me. I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, and Christy, here's the thing is that even even unbeknownst to me, forgetting my theme of the year, it's already been the theme of the year. Um, It's just been showing up again and again and again and again for me. Well, I know because you just told me this story the other day and
1: I said, okay, we're just going to do an entire episode just about that. So (laughs) let's just, why don't we just start in? Let's just get into it. Okay. Rosemary, tell me about what
0: happened because it's kind of amazing. Okay. So set the scene. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it's going to be great because this is a story about staying awake and realizing you've really screwed up, but here's how it all started. I had been working on this project for uh, the Newman Center in Denver, in which they'd asked me to create some curriculum for all grades, K through 12, three different curricula, introducing a dance program, Okareka. And I had, I had to create this standards-based curriculum for students, and I'd be handing it off to teachers to teach it. And I'd been working on it, and I'd taken this job, and I thought this will be so easy. Oh, friends, it was so hard. <laughs> okay, I just want to remind you of something,
1: Rosemary. Do you remember at our end of the year episode, and you said every time I think this is going to be so easy, <laughs> yes, I realize
0: that it won't yes, be. I so know. just, remember, I know, take I know. that
1: lesson into the new oh, year. No, I know. Well, I said <laughs> yes to
0: this in the old year, so perhaps, okay. Yeah. okay so you get a pass. <laughs> so, so I had actually been working on it, you know, before Christmas, and, and yeah. then came back to it. And and worked on it quite a bit and arrived at a product that I honestly wasn't very proud of, and mm. but I was done. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done. It doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be done, right? It just needs to be done. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so we've all been there. We've all been there, friends.
0: And and I turned it in, and it was you know it was actually uh, about ten days early. What? Okay. That I'm sorry. I hate you. No. Who gets done ten days early? <laughs> well. I I was anticipating that maybe, you know, they would have some feedback for me. Okay. So I go to bed that night and I wake up a couple hours later, like wide awake thinking, oh, sweetheart, you did it all wrong. You are going to need to do that whole thing again. And it wasn't just, Christy, unfortunately, it wasn't one of those moments where in the middle of the night and you convince yourself something, but you're convoluted and actually it's all fine. Actually, no, no. I I, like really knew that I had done it all wrong.
1: Midnight mind was actually correct in this this instance. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I know. That's like the nightmare of, you know, on top of the nightmare. Like not only are you waking up in the middle of the night with this horrible fear, like it's actually correct that you're, that you screwed it up. (laughs) Yeah. I know. (laughs)
0: And yet, and here was the amazing part, all night I kept waking up again and again and again with this realization, I'm going to have to start over. I did it backwards. But I also had this just most tender self-talk around it, in which... Instead of beating myself up, instead of saying, oh, you idiot, I can't believe you did this. It was so clear, the instructions, and you still managed to screw it up. Um (laughs) Because the way you explained it to me the first time was like, I literally just didn't follow, like you didn't
1: follow the instructions. Like it wasn't like, oh, it just was tricky. It was like, no, there were very clear instructions,
0: and I chose not to follow them. No, it was very clear and I just didn't do it. I just <laughs> did not do it the way it said. As if I knew better. <laughs> so, and and so it was that there was no no way around it. And yet, the self-talk I had, Christy, was so precious. It was like, oh, sweetheart. That's right. You did. You did. You did screw it up. But I realized in that moment that there was some suffering involved, right? I am going to have to do it again, and I had already spent so much time on it. But there was this whole other layer of suffering that I was not enduring. Mm -hmm. Right? There was this, because of this kind of like a gentle amazement, (laughs) (laughs) I realized, I I felt like I was wrapped in this cocoon of self-compassion. Wow. And which, let's be honest, has not been the norm for me. You know, I am capable of being exceptionally cruel and critical with myself. And as, so as... I want to just jump in here and say, this
1: is not unique to you. I think that that is sort of the, the you know, the, the thing that all creatives uh, struggle with. There may be outliers, I understand. But I think this is so common. Oh, yeah. So common. I mean, self-loathing just feels like a, an important... It's not an important... Maybe you're telling us it's not an essential part of the creative process. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, on this particular night, as I'm lying there in my self-compassion cocoon... Uh-huh. thinking oh you have to do it again bummer but I was so aware of this layer of suffering I wasn't doing and then I had this thought Christy I think I'm probably creating new neural pathways even right now <laughs> that are going to help me the next time I realize that I have you know really kind of messed up and, and in a creative mm-hmm. project uh, It, I woke up with this elation. Wow. You wouldn't think so, right? But I at, all night long, I was thinking, you know, I'd wake up again. You screwed up. Oh, yeah, you screwed up, sweetheart. And then I would think you have these people who you can ask for help. You have 10 more mm. days that you can do this in. Right? Oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can do this. You actually can do this. Mm. And it was, it was so empowering. It was so exciting. And it was so revolutionary for my creative process to have this ability to move forward with compassion toward myself as opposed to cruelty and shaming of the Mm -hmm. self. And, and so I did. I, I woke up. I, I First thing I said to my husband, I was like, oh, you won't believe it. I'm going to have to do it all over. You know, and everybody in my house, my husband, my daughter. They were like,
1: oh, no, it's going to be hard living around here for a while. Because <laughs> they, like, they knew how my,
0: I was just like so yeah. grateful that this thing was yeah. done, you know, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> but and then I got on it. You know, I made some phone calls and I figured it out and I redid it. I just I mean, I did mm-hmm. it. And with Christy the the joy that i felt in knowing that it was possible to have this without beating myself up was worth all the hours i had to do and, you know to yeah. fix it and yeah. it, it, that's new it's new and and so it comes down to i think this trust that i will be able to do it you know oh yeah <laughs> that's too bad and and you can do it. You you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of
1: observations,
0: and one of these is that
1: I think one one of the things that's so brilliant about this this story is that. You know, I think there's always this tendency among creatives you know when things are going bad or you're you're sort of feeling stuck or something's going wrong i mean in this case it's it's almost like an extreme example because you literally just didn't follow the instructions I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, this happens in other in other scenarios, right you're working on something and you have this idea that you think is brilliant and then you go down the road with it and you realize, oh wait, it's not working yeah, right you know, and I need to to change course and there's this tendency to take it as like a personal affront or like. An identity crisis, like, oh, crap, like, I'm terrible. Like, maybe I'm not a poet after all. Or maybe, I, you know, why did I think I could do this? Or, or, you know, and you didn't take that on like this, this mistake. And in this case, it truly was a mistake, right? It was not a reflection of you as a person, or your abilities or your talents or your creativity. It was just like, oops. Oopsie, you know, like, uh, oops, I did it again. Uh, And I think that's so essential if we can cultivate that and cultivate that sort of distance of like, you know, my work is not me. It's not the same thing. And it's like, it's fine. Like, this is just this thing that I'm doing. It's not, this is not, you know, me. Uh, you know, a treatise on me my my abilities in the world. This is just this one task that I agreed to do, and I'm gonna do it now, and it's like like this you lowered the stakes, right? The personal stakes, and so that's really important.
0: Oh, what a beautiful way to say it, Christy. I lowered the personal stakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and in so doing was able to reinvest in it in a creative way. Right, that i I was proud of it by the time I was done, yeah, you yeah. know i I did feel good about you know oh, this is going this is my work going out into the world, and I really think it is mm-hmm. going to be a great thing for these kids who get to do this, and the teachers who get to do this program, so it 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 did allow me to have that kind of freshness, but I like the way you say that that about lowering the stakes so that it was possible yeah. to to reengage mm-hmm. in a way that didn't mm-hmm. feel. Oh, you know, overly urgent or, you know, I think without without all that extra pressure. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are other scenarios where this could apply. I mean, imagine you've been working really hard on a project or maybe it's a story, maybe it's a manuscript. You know, you send it to your editor or, you know, a reader And you're thinking, okay, I I nailed this because, you know, initially, right, you thought you really I remember you had actually told me I finished it, you know, that day before you went (laughs) to bed. You told me you were very happy, you know, and at that point you sounded like not only happy, but, you know, the impression I got was that you felt like, okay, I did this and it's good. And, you know, maybe not perfect, but, you know, you were satisfied and then it changes and, you know, but you get this feedback and it's like, oh, this isn't working and I think the initial, you know, there's a couple of things that happened. One, you've invested so much. And so you feel like, ugh, it's wasted. And, you know, creative work is never wasted. I just want to say that, put that right. out there, because yeah. I really do believe that. That's nicely said. But the other thing is then you think, oh, I have failed and like I am a failure. And it's like, no, I think the way that I like to frame this and that has really been sort of the way I try to approach this stuff is that this is just part of the process. Like, oh, I guess I'm getting through this. Like I thought I was at you know the next step of the process. I'm still here, but that's okay because I know that there's a process and I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to trust like I know that every, everything that I've ever like really cared about and felt good about the final product, I've had these like fits and starts. I've had these dead ends. There are things, there's always like this moment of struggle where the form hasn't emerged yet or there's some part that's not working and I have to sort of, you know, if if, it's almost like if if I'm working on something and it just goes so smoothly, I think, oh, this isn't going to be very good because, (laughs) you know, I don't know if struggle is necessary, but it, it certainly seems to be common. And I realize that it is part of my process. And so the other observation that I was going to make, Rosemary, is that the other thing that I'm seeing and hearing from you in this particular experience that you just shared is this thing that I think you you are so brilliant at in your entire, every aspect of your life, and that is radical acceptance. Um, you have this incredible ability to sort of accept even very, very difficult things that are just completely unacceptable. Um, you have this, this ability to say, okay, okay. Here I am. Like this is how it is. I would like it to be another way, but it's not. And so instead of this like unproductive struggle of like trying to wish that it, things were different, you said, you know, you didn't say, "Oh, I'm slow. why didn't I do it this other like there's nothing good that comes from that," right? You just said, "Okay, here I am, and so here is how I need to get to where I want to be." And so I'm going to do that work instead of looking behind me and, you know, wasting a bunch of time and energy and emotional bandwidth. To wish things are differently, and I think this this radical acceptance is something that is such a good skill for creative people to cultivate. I mean, it's hard to cultivate, but I think if you can if you can
0: develop this, it can just help you so much, so much. <laughs> You're doing a beautiful job reflecting this, Christy. I just want to point out that <laughs> I knew that this was a big moment for me. I did. You yeah. know, I woke up aware that this was huge, that this was a change, and that this yeah. felt like a. I don't know. I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but kind of a, t- a turning point for me <laughs> yeah. in, in my creative practice uh, with that kind of, mm, well, like you say, radical acceptance. I'm glad you named it. I'm glad you named it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I'm also really glad that you've really just kind of helped s- t- tease it out to see how <laughs> moments of struggle are part of it. It's just part yeah. of the process and that this is this was another layer of learning to trust this process. Hey, it's Rosemary. Thank you so much for listening to Emerging Form. It means so much to Christy and I that you join us in these conversations. Our podcast is completely supported by us and by subscribers, and we would love it if you would help us out by becoming a subscriber. You can go to emergingform.substack.com, and then you receive all our bonus episodes this week. I'll be reading poems about trust. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I can just say, like, for myself, you know, I've just come to, like, I've been doing this, the stuff that I'm doing, you know, I'm doing some new things now, too. But, you know, writing. So, for instance, I'm in the early phases of working on a feature, a magazine story. It's going to be a 4,000 plus word. Feature, So I'm doing a bunch of reporting. And I'm sort of at this phase where I'm like, oh, gosh, there's a lot here. There's a lot of different issues I have to address. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know I'm going to put it together. And it would be really easy for me to feel overwhelmed. But instead, like, I've been doing this 20 years. I know this is just how this is how this part of the process feels. And the fact that it sort of feels like I, I don't actually feel overwhelmed, but it feel, you know, if you were to ask me to like really nail it down right now, I couldn't. And like, I know that's okay. This is just, that is, it's almost like a recognition. Like at this point, I'm very familiar with my own personal process, which is not exactly the same as anyone else. I think that there are commonalities we all experience, but I know my process and I'm able to recognize it. And I think it is this acceptance. There are parts of it that I used to really hate. Like the part where I'm like, I can't figure out how I'm going to do it and it's not coming together. And now I'm like, It's okay. Like that's that's how it is right now. And I just you just have to trust that the form will emerge. And I have that trust because I've been doing it and I've seen it happen and I know I can do it. And it's not even so much. I mean, I think some of it is a confidence, you know, in this this bank of experience that I've built. But I think so much of it comes down to just this trust in the process and knowing that parts of the process can feel uncomfortable. And that's kind of, in my experience, sometimes that's where the magic happens. I mean, the way that you come up with this brilliant idea that's sort of new and interesting is because it isn't just the obvious path. And so you have to sort of get in that corner where you have to like try something different because you don't have another choice. And that that's where the magic happens. And so in a way, it's almost like um, recognizing that struggle is like, oh, this is exciting because something really great yeah. is going to happen.
0: Yes, I think you're right about that, that moment when, <laughs> because you have felt it enough, that moment yeah. of struggle, and there mm-hmm. is some recognition of <laughs> that there is a chance. Yeah, right. Not necessarily, but there's a chance, there's an opportunity. And this is what that opportunity often looks like. Yeah. It often looks like struggle before it looks like epiphany.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, it reminds me a lot of this thing I've been thinking about a lot, you know, working on this podcast about uncertainty in science and, you know, one of the things that I explore is is just the fact that uncertainty is where scientific discovery comes in. Yeah. And I think that that's also so true of, of creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're feeling uncertain and feeling, you know, the ground is shifting beneath you and you're not sure of yourself, that's where you know, creative insights come. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being able to sort of build this excitement around that and and feel good about it and and feel excitement instead of terror around it can be really helpful. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I've been thinking about this a lot too, Christine, about how do we build that? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about you, you know, your process now. How many years have you been doing it? Right. How many years have you been sitting with a massive amount of information and and thinking, how do I pull all this together? I don't know. I mean, I mean it. I mean, how many years have you been doing that? Oh, don't make me count. (laughs) Oh, well, but, you know, but it's more than 10. Over 20,
1: over 25. More than than, 25. Yeah. So I guess
0: I I feel like this is valuable just to know that it doesn't happen in year one or two or five could you say, do you have any idea, like, how, could you just draw a little picture of what that evolution of trust looked like?
1: I mean, I think early in my career, I was just still learning and it was new. It's hard to say. And I think it's something that builds gradually. And there, there were different versions of this that I think I attained early in my career. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that, like, the first 10 years I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I hate that. You know, it... it you know, it, it just looks different over time. Yeah. But one thing I will say is, you know, I've been working on this this podcast series, which is a different form than I've been working in mostly. You know, yeah. it wasn't completely foreign to me. But again, there, like, even though it was a new form and I wasn't quite sure, you know, I remember early on being like, oh, my God, how do I do this? And how do I, you know, I had this big bolus of information. I had all these interviews and trying to figure out how to put them together And again, even though I didn't have, you know, 25 years of experience doing this, I have 25 years of being able to sort of trust my intuition and trust things. And so, you know, I was able to um, trust that. And so, you know, it did work out. And, you know, (laughs) it's not just about that specific thing. Like you write a poem every day and so, you know, you could write a poem. But that also translated. I mean, how many of these curriculums that you were talking about have you done? Maybe none. Yeah, this was the first time. Right. Yeah. And yet yet you still had that confidence. And so I guess what I'm saying here is that this trust in the form and the trust in your your process sort of transcends the particular task. That's gorgeous. It's sort of a trust in your own ability and a trust in your own creativity and
0: your trust that that, you know, things will work out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that's so beautiful. The trust in the process transcends the task. I'm really glad you said that because I'm thinking about how true that is in working across genres. You know, even for me doing this podcast, right? We all know this, this is not my strong right. point to, to, be, to be working with anything with technology. So uh, it, and yet, and yet I was able to stumble in and, you know, and by the way, let's say this, that, that it was trust not only in the process, but it was also trust in my partner, that that allows <laughs> that. So <you. laughs> so that there are ways if we don't have trust yeah. in ourselves there are ways to to help that right and in fact that occurs to yeah. me now that that was part of that leap that I made also that night as i was you know it was one thing to be self-compassionate, but it was another to come up with the steps I was going to need, like calling my friend Shannon the next day who has a degree in curriculum writing and saying, uh, hello, uh-huh. help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to read the state standards, help. <laughs> but, you know, I think uh-huh. that, that there it is, like, you know, even learning more and more how to trust our ability to, to trust other people to guide us along where we need Assistance because we don't have those.
1: I think there's another thing too, though, and that is, this goes back to my point about lowering the stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you really like you had you still had ten days because you're this freak who did something ten days in advance. I've never <laughs> done that in my <laughs> life. You're amazing, uh, but you you had this this time. But let's say that you know it had been due that day, and you like let's just imagine the worst case scenario where you really had screwed it up and you didn't have you know it was going to be you know even then you know, it, it could be, maybe the project fails. Let's say the project had failed and you, you know, you're waking up in the middle of the night noticing that it doesn't mean that you're a failure. And I think there's this other part of it where it's like, it's okay. You know, not every single thing you do has to be brilliant and be your, your breakout project and, and, you know, and that's okay. And so I think just sort of giving ourselves permission to fail sometimes is really important. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, my impression is that this is probably a, a, You know, you're glad you did this project, but it's probably not going to be, you know, the thing that you're going to be looking for more opportunities to do going forward. You know, you're not a a curriculum writer is not part of your identity. And so maybe that makes it easier, you know, than an instance where you had failed at something that really felt like an identity part. But I I think being able to develop that and being able to develop that distance from the work is really important because, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out and and that's okay.
0: You're going to be all right. Right, right. I didn't. But let's face it. I did not want to let down a bunch of kids. You know, I guess this. I really felt like I have a responsibility and an an opportunity to get these kids excited about mm-hmm. not just poetry, but also dance like two art forms. And, you know, it felt. Yeah. I actually felt like there's a there's a lot on this for me. You know, I, I, I'm i invested in these kids enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this other aspect of this and how things build. You know, I think it's one thing to observe Hey, you know, this happened, you know, and, and it was exciting. But I, the other day I had this opportunity to notice how a trust had developed. And I was so surprised by it because usually I don't think I get to see that little part, how, the, how it builds. But someone asked me the other day, you know, you're so they said something like you're so vulnerable and you put all these poems out in the world and they're they're just like so intimate. And, you know, how how did you do that? You know, how do you do that? And she, she was wanting to yeah. do it also. And, and it occurred to me, as if for the first time, holy shit! Like I, I put my personal shit into the world every day. Oh my god! Like <laughs> how how do I do that? Like that's crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. The more I thought, you know, the more I thought about, it, I was like. It almost gave me a little stomach ache, like, oh, oh, my God, that's (laughs) that's really, how do I do that? That's scary. But it didn't start that way, right? It just started with me sharing with two people. And I did that for years. I shared with just two people on an email. For many years, it was just me sharing personal poems with two people. And then another person said, oh, I'd like to get that. So I started sending an email to that person. And then it was, you know, 10 people. And then it was, you know, then oh but it it took years for it to go from being i'm sharing my poems with two people who you know who who love and trust me i mean that evolution happened so slowly and i i so that now i <laughs> i could even be surprised that that's what i'm able to do but i would have never been able to go from you know just start just putting a poem out into the world you know and having 8000 people read it you know and talking about something as personal as the grief of grieving my son's death, right? I could never have done that yeah. from zero to 8,000, right? I went from, right. I started at two. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, so you're, you're talking there about sort of building, that, that this builds over time. And I think, you know, I think you're talking about a slightly different thing, which is you're talking about trust in like making yourself vulnerable and everything rather than trust in the, the process mm, of writing the poem. Right?
0: I, I don't know if it's that different. Friend, I thought about that for a while. I was like, "Well, that's sharing." Interesting. Uh, that's different. Yeah. I, I don't actually know that it's that different because I write knowing I will share, and the two are quite intertwined.
1: So you're saying that you're writing so specifically for an audience that they're sort of, you can't separate them.
0: I'm just saying that I know that it will be shared, so that that's that's already the truth is that that is involved in my process now. You know, writing a poem. There's. Interesting. A, There are very few, you know, I'm going to say I could count on two hands the number of poems that I've held back and didn't share with the world at this point. And I think that the creation and the sharing are not all that different, you know, for, well, this is maybe not a subject for a different show is the difference between the creation part and the sharing part. But the vulnerability that I know that I want to bring to the creation process. And. By the way, the vulnerability, I believe, is essential to the creation process. Mm-hmm. If I know I'm going to be sharing that poem, that, that had to ha- build up over time, too. It's just this, is it okay to share this? Is it okay to be this open in my practice? And then know that I'm going to be sharing that with the world. And, and over and over and over again, I've discovered it is okay. It is really okay to be that mm-hmm. vulnerable in yeah. my practice. And I get that feedback loop. Well, that's what makes it good, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, this, you know, this over time, I guess they're hand in hand then, you know, the vulnerability to show up to a blank page and what's really here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I do that? Can I do that? Can I do that? And the more that I did it and the more that I shared it and the more that it was okay, it was not only okay, it was perceived as valuable to other people. Yeah. Help me trust, oh, that vulnerability really is okay. It's it's okay in my yeah. process. It's essential in my process and it is okay to share it too. So it's, I guess, I feel like they're, they go hand in hand.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the common theme here is really what you're talking about is trust and trust, you know, earlier we we're talking about trust in the process. Now you're sort of... Just- talking about trust and like putting it out in the world and trust and like being able to be vulnerable, which can be so important for some of, some of these projects, you know, to make them. I mean, that's what makes your poetry good is that it is. So you make yourself so vulnerable and um, so it makes
0: it beautiful. Thanks, Christy. Well thank you. I think that's a nice note to end <laughs> yeah. on actually. I feel like the, what a what a fabulous thank you for reminding me that trust is my word. Um <laughs> it is your word, yes. Maybe we should have another trust conversation, you know, toward the end of of uh, 2024. Yeah. And thank thank you for helping me s- just, you know, understand a little bit more about why that moment felt so important with your points about giving ourselves permission to fail and Trusting in our process and, yeah. and trusting that our creative work isn't wasted and lowering the stakes. I think those were all just incredibly beautiful yeah, observations. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. So nice to talk with you always.
0: You've been listening to Emerging Form. This is Rosemary Watilla Tromer, and my co-host is science writer Christy Ashwandon. Our fabulous audio producer is Cherie Turner, and our music is created and performed by Kira Kopostonsky and edited by Leah Shaw. Kate LaRue designed our logo, and Jack Mueller, of course, inspired our work and the name of this podcast. As he always said, you must obey the poem's emerging form. Until next time thanks
1: for listening to Emerging Form did you know that for just a few bucks a month you can become a paid subscriber and get bonus episodes every other week go to emergingform.substack.com to sign up and if you really want to help us out leave us a review on iTunes thanks for listening